Hey, this is Matthew Lilly. Welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. have some incredible stories for you today from the city of St. Louis about how prayer and prayer walking is bringing together churches in unity to see transformation and see impact in their city. There's a movement called Pray for the Lou, and we have the director, Kurt Wilson, on the podcast today, and you're going to get to hear about the amazing things God has been doing in 2021 through that ministry in St. Louis, and maybe God wants to do something similar right where you are in your neighborhood or at your church or in your city, too. Before we dive into the interview today, thank you for tuning in. If you're new The Presence Pioneers podcast exists to equip you to host the presence of God because we believe God's presence changes everything. So on Thursdays, we release new episodes. They're either going to be uh, extended interviews and conversations like today, or they're going to be short little Bible teachings uh, just to help you to encounter and to host the presence of God through day and night worship and prayer. So please hit subscribe wherever you're tuning in to this episode so that you can track with us moving forward. You can also visit our website at presencepioneers.org. Up there, we have all of our previous episodes. You can search by topic or keyword. You can learn more about our ministry. You can get all the show notes. You can also make a donation up there just to say thank you or to support the podcast and help us continue to move forward and help people to experience God's presence. Thank you so much for all of your support. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Kurt Wilson. Well, Kurt, welcome to the podcast. Oh man, thanks for having me. It's it's so cool to be on with you today. Yeah, it's great having you here with us, man. So you lead a movement in St. Louis called Pray for the Lou. And you guys just had an amazing weekend. We're sitting here. It's March 2021. You guys just had an amazing weekend of United Prayer across your city. Uh, go ahead and just take a brief minute and just introduce yourself, kind of what you're doing, so that people can just have a context for who you are and what you're involved with right now. Yeah, like you said, my name is uh, Kurt Wilson. I'm here in St. Louis, Missouri, not only believing for God to do great things, but getting to partner with God in the local church to see that happen. And over the last couple of years, uh, this this movement of prayer was birthed called Pray for the Lou. So what people don't know, a lot of people, is the nickname for St. Louis is called the Lou, and it's not spelled the same way as the toilet in England. Right. We get, we, unfortunately, we get that a lot. Why are you prophesying this negative stuff over your city? We're not spelled different, uh, but right. we're like, what would it look like for the Church of St. Louis to pray for the region of St. Louis? So we just wrapped up eight straight days, really. We called it Pray for Lou Week, but it was eight straight days of prayer with different prayer rallies in different regions with pastors that all culminated into a a morning where we had 70 churches prayer walk their communities, their Jerusalem at the exact same time. And so we are, we're we're a prayer people, but we're a missions people. We want to see unity in the church and and the church strengthen uh, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So we've, we've kind of come in with the, the prayer mode and the prayer walking is our, our primary function in this season. Yeah. Well, you're on the right podcast. Prayer, missions, unity. We love that kind of stuff. So I want to dive more into some of the amazing things that's happening there at St. Louis, but maybe just give us a quick backstory 
how did you get to the, the place that you are now where you're bringing together 70 plus churches in, a, in St. Louis together to pray? Maybe give us just a little bit of your journey. Sure. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a St. Louis boy. And so I, I grew up here in St. Louis and had this really heart and passion for the region, but didn't know why. You know, I thought you just serve in a local church and you care about that neighborhood. But I've always had this St. Louis passion, St. Louis focus. So over a number of years of just trying to figure out what would work, I mostly figured out what wouldn't work. I actually led prayer in buildings in tumultuous times when things had happened in our streets. And I thought, oh, I'm going to call the church together. I'm going to call the pastors together. We're going to pray. We're going to see revival. It happened in New York years ago, the businessman revival. And God right. gave me a word and a scripture. And it was even a certain anniversary. And I thought, oh, we're going to do this. And we're going to see revival come. And what actually happened is for a year, we prayed every Wednesday for an hour. It was two or three of us or four of us. And we're praying on Facebook Live so other people could join. And I mean, we look like fools because there's no one in the room, but we're praying our heart out. And yeah, revival doesn't come. Not anymore. <laughs> you know, unity doesn't come among leaders and pastors. And I just kept seeking the Lord like we did this thing, but now what? And and also on a personal journey of crying out to the Lord years before in the early hours, just seeking his presence. And I didn't have anyone to train me like you seek God in the in the private place. And then he shows up in public. That wasn't where I was at. I didn't have people lead me in that direction. There was just something inside of me. And so after leading prayer for a year with nothing, what seemed like nothing, what seemed like a failure, I asked the Lord, like, what do we do now? Like, where do we go from here? I, I've, I've done what you asked me to do. The pastors, they don't care. They don't want to pray. At least that was my perception, right? That's what I felt. Yeah. They're not showing up. Other things are more important. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, if, if you want the land, if you want St. Louis, then you need to be like Joshua and Caleb, and you need to go scout the land. You need to go prayer walk through the land. And prayer walking had been something I, I was introduced to in my early 20s when I was in college on a mission trip in the Ukraine. Uh, our leader taught about prayer walking and citywide efforts. And here I am uh, 15, 20 years later, and it's like, go prayer walk the land. So I said, Lord, I'll prayer walk through every neighborhood of our city. Uh, how many are there? And I looked it up and there were 79 different neighborhoods of St. <laughs> Louis City. And so I didn't know why we were doing it. We didn't have the name pray yeah. for the Lou. We just, the Lord said, go. So me and literally two other friends began prayer walking five neighborhoods a week week after week after week, scouting the land, wow. praying through the land and just, but we didn't know what for, but we knew we were on some wild adventure with God. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. So prayer walking, I'd love to, you know, just take a minute on prayer walking because I don't think we've talked about that on this podcast, maybe just in passing, but that's kind of an interesting idea. Explain to me what that looks like for you guys, what it has looked like, what exactly is prayer walking? How have you seen God use that? Well, uh, a simple definition, there's many, but it's praying on site with insight. And so you're, you're on the site, you know, I think of Joshua and Caleb, they, they had to go into the land to see what was there. Of course, the other people brought back the bad report, but they had to see it with their own eyes. And I always say you pray differently when you're standing in it, when you, when you feel it, when you experience it. And so prayer walking is it literally it could be you and a, a small group of people walking down the streets, eyes open, listening from the Lord, what he wants you to pray, whether that's scripture or what you feel or what you see. Other people pray in your group. You stop sometimes and pray over certain things. Uh, you can even pray for people if they're there. And, hey, can we pray? For you, but you, you just kind of go and pray and see and feel what God is doing. And I, I use this illustration a lot that 
you know, we're, we're, uh, we're a St. Louis Cardinals town. We're a baseball town. And it's one experience for me to sit in the comfort of my home and watch it on the big screen TV. Yeah. And it's one thing, but when you go to the stadium and you smell the green grass and you smell the hot dogs and you hear the roar of the crowd yeah. and someone hits a home run and you're all there, you like, it brings you to a different place. That's kind of prayer walking as you can pray in a building, but when you're out on the street and you see broken down homes or broken down families or, you know, drug needles on the ground or whatever it is, like your prayers get, yeah. get, get tuned up and turned on to a different level. Right. And so you're, you're really getting out there to see what, what God sees, uh, what you see with the natural, but also asking for a heavenly discernment. And then you just, you just pray as the Lord leads as, as you walk up and down the streets. And we actually, when we would go through those neighborhoods of 79, we would ask the Lord, okay, where do you want us to start? You know, which way do you want us to go? I mean, they're big neighborhoods, right? You could go wherever. Yeah. Uh, but it was amazing how we would be led to certain parks or buildings that already had scripture written on the wall, you oh, know, cool. painted on. And so the Lord would lead us or to other churches and meet other ministers in those communities. So yeah, uh, it gives you a chance to be used by the spirit because you're kind of on the move uh, as you go and pray. Yeah. Have you found that, you know, trying to get other people to pray that just having something that's a little different, you know, kind of exciting or even like personal, like pray your neighborhood. Has that been something that's helped galvanize people to pray? Is this prayer walking strategy? Is that kind of been something the Lord gave you? It sounds like maybe so. Yeah, it's, it's been helpful because some people, the idea of getting out and sharing the gospel or knocking on a door is very overwhelming. Yeah. But the idea of getting out in their community and walking and praying is an easier step. And then, of course, they get out there. Next thing you know, they're praying for people or they are sharing the gospel. Yeah. But people obviously have a heart for their community. Most people I meet, most believers, churches, they they want to see something in their community. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. And so it, it gives them a, a reason and a tool to get out and pray. And then for us, it's not a, the, the prayer is obviously the first step, but then we want to see churches praying in the streets together on mission together, pastors on mission together and communities saying, Oh, this is what's going on. Here's how we can be the hands and feet. And a lot of times what I've seen is the church doesn't know what to do because they haven't been out there to, to see from the Lord what to do. And sometimes we just do stuff because we think it's what the community needs. Mm. But in fact, when we get out there, we might find three other people in the community that are already doing it that we can partner with. Right. And so it's it's a real bridge builder. It's a real networking thing. It's a real relationship thing. And also when you get out in the in the community and you're out of the four walls, you realize, wow, we need these other churches to actually make a, a real significant impact in our community. And I always like to think, you know, some churches are good at evangelism. Some are good at discipleship. Some are good at community. But what if everyone worked together at what they were good at and to strengthen the neighborhoods and the community? So I take really that missions approach to it. Yeah, I love that. That's really good. I've personally just found that getting out and walking, especially when the weather's nice, you know, and praying in that way for me just helps me enjoy prayer more (laughs) also than just sitting in a room sometimes, you know what I mean? Uh, Get your blood flowing. It helps you kind of like be more attentive and uh, sometimes it could be, you know, just more enjoyable, even for my personal prayer times, just to, you know, walk around the neighborhood or something like that as I pray. So I'd encourage people. I think I, now that I'm talking about it, I'm remembering one episode we had done with a lady named Lisa Coons, and she talked about just getting out to walk around when you pray, uh, if you feel like you're in a rut. So, yeah, I love that. Anything else about prayer walking before we before we move on? Any other thoughts? Uh, just that there's no perfect way to do it and you shouldn't feel intimidated by it. 
You know, it isn't like you have to do these five things while you're out there. We always give people a few ideas what they can pray for and some tools. And also it's, it doesn't have to be only a conversation with God. You actually have some great like disciple making conversations with the people in your group because it's kind of a flow between you and God. And so you don't have to feel like, oh, we got to be quiet the whole time. We can't talk to one another. You actually, man, for us, I get to know people from the body of Christ, other places. Yeah. Uh, they get ministered to, we get to pray over them. They pray over us and then we pray. So it's, it's a real kind of community thing. Most people, once they do it a couple of times and start seeing the testimonies uh, that are only explained by God, then they're like, okay, we, we can keep doing this. Yeah. So good. Awesome. Well, before we kind of continue on with your story and your journey, I'd love to go back real quick to the Wednesday prayer meetings with two or three people (laughs) where you looked like fools. You said, what was God doing in your heart and in your preparation? Like what were, what do you, when you look back at that, you know, time where it felt like you had this vision in your heart, but you weren't seeing it manifested and you were just kind of laboring in these weak feeling prayer meetings with a couple of people. What, when you look back at that, what was God doing in that season? He was definitely, I don't know if you want to say testing, but my, my perseverance was, was being tested, I guess, is, is the best way to say it. It's like, how, how long will you pray these things and, and continue to believe, to continue to ask, uh, seek and knock when you don't see the fruit? Like, yeah, we all, we want it right now. And part of me feels like if it would have came right now, I wouldn't have been ready for it. I wouldn't have known how to handle it. It would have, it would have maybe changed me or maybe would have, I would have got my identity from, Oh, look, this happened. And, and now I'm something, but just the, the persistence just to go after it and, and to, you know, to cry out in week 52, the way you did in week one, yeah. but your numbers are almost less because when you start, obviously people are excited. Yeah. We'll come with you. Um, but, but then by the end, sure. It took time, but even a few weeks ago, uh, during pray for the Lou week, one of the local pastors asked me to preach at his church because we were preaching Psalm 24 as a part of pray for the Lou week to we we're calling a preach for the Lou where we prayed into it and then we we're going to preach it. And I got to pray, uh, preach at a, a friend's church. And he told me, or when he got up and introduced me to the congregation, he said, you know, a number of years ago, I watched this guy pray on, on Facebook live with no one, you know, crying <laughs> out to God. And I would sit in my office and it challenged me. And mm. at that point I decided our church is going to be a praying church or we're going to close the doors. Wow. And so I'm, I'm thankful for pastor Kurt and what he's done. But the thing was, in those moments, actually, for years after that, I had no idea anyone was watching and that uh, any kind of impact of crying out before the Lord, you know, because we we didn't do it for the live video. We just did that so people could connect at their at their lunch break and right. unify with us. But we went after it, man. Like we were we were the only ones in the room, but we just went before the Lord like, yeah, we're going to see this city saved. And so to have a pastor that was impacted by that. And then, you know, has impacted his church. And that story has happened a few times over because yeah. they, they saw us persevere. They saw us continue to go. We didn't, we didn't quit when it, it got hard or when it didn't look like it was like we wanted it to. And we wanted it to look very different than it was. So. Yeah, for sure. It, yeah. The word that comes to my mind is credibility. You know, you're doing it because you're doing it because God said to do it and you, you're not, you're not giving up. And I think for a, for a pastor, especially to look at that, they go, okay, this, this guy's legit. He's not just kind of showing up with a, a great, great idea to try to do something in the city, but doesn't have any stake in it. Like you're putting your stake in the ground. 
you're taking your time, you're not quitting, you're there for the city. And then the pastors go, okay, this guy, like he's really, he's really sticking it out. And so I, I think, and this, this was going to lead into another topic I wanted to ask you about when you're talking about trying to bring together churches and pastors and cities and see expressions of unity. Uh, you know, it's, it takes some time to build trust with people, doesn't it? And so I think even those moments of, Hey, I'm seeing them on Facebook live. I'm seeing them uh, over the years that they're, they're still here. <laughs> Kurt's still praying. He's still prayer walking. He's still building relationships. And uh, don't you think that probably built up some trust and some credibility with some people in the city over those years? Yeah, it definitely did because, you know, a lot of citywide efforts, like you kind of alluded to people kind of come in full of fire, full of passion. We're going to do this thing. We need all these churches to do it. We need finances to do it. And then they may or may not be there, you know, five years from now where things might change. Yeah. And, and for me, I spent some time over in, in Africa and Mozambique. I'm a part of Iris Global. Yeah. And over there, one thing I learned is they went into these villages to preach the gospel, but when they didn't honor the chiefs, then it didn't go well. And they, they didn't have uh, these open doors in favor that they had later. And then later they would go honor the chiefs and they would bless them and give them gifts. Sometimes these chiefs weren't even, you know, believers. They were of another faith. But before you know it, they were getting saved and they were giving them land to plant churches and they're showing the Jesus film and, you know, thousands are coming to Jesus and all this stuff's happening. And so when I, when I came back to St. Louis after my time there, the Lord said, you need to go back to St. Louis and honor the chiefs. Mm. And so for me, that was the pastors and the leaders of this region. I wasn't just going to blow into St. Louis and say, hey, guys, I'm back from Africa. I learned from some amazing people. Would you guys just part the waters? I'm here to save the city, right? That wouldn't, <laughs> that wouldn't go so well to the people laboring for 20, 30, 40 years. So right. I really took the approach. I, I went and tried to learn. I tried to listen. And I, I found out there was this group of pastors that met monthly. They live near my house, actually. They're only five minutes from my house. And I started attending their breakfast. There was like 100 different ministries at this place. Because I know like what I want to see in my city, I need the church involved. And so I just went in there and I just sat and I listened and I ate food. And then I began to serve, you know, I didn't say, Hey, I'm this missionary. I'm this, whatever. I have a calling. I have a vision. I'm going to get it. They, they, they were serving Thanksgiving and Christmas and they had to move thousands of pounds of chickens and turkeys and canned goods and all this stuff. And I just went in and served and served and served and served when, when a lot of people maybe weren't willing or they're not available. And from yeah. there in that group of people, I didn't ask them, but they began to ask me to pray to open up some of the services and some of the meetings. And mm. we even did some citywide stuff at our at our city hall. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm praying on the steps of city hall or I'm praying inside city hall. Uh, but it came from the serving aspect. So that was I like to share that part of the story because people can think, well, you came up with a great strategy, which was the Lord's, not mine, because, uh, you know, prayer walking a whole city doesn't make sense unless it's God's. And it, it's working, but it, it isn't because of that, actually. It was the way that I served and loved and the way that the Lord showed me to do that and what I learned over in Africa that opened the doors so that when they saw me praying, they know, like, one, he's willing to serve and he's about our, our ministry, too. But yeah. he also is not going to give up and he's going to pray the same if there's nobody in the room or there's a thousand people out in the audience. But you're right. It, it showed people, like, I'm for them. I'm for the local church. I'm not trying to create my own ministry. I just, I want to empower the local church and I, and I want their churches, obviously I want them to pray. I want them to go into the streets. I want them to share the gospel. Uh, but when nothing was happening in, in the natural, 
that you could point to. They just saw that we're not going to stop. Uh, we're not going to yeah. give up, even though we had a lot of reasons to. Totally. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of amazing things you said there for anybody who's wanting to see unity and wanting to see churches come together and pastors engage together. You know, you went in with humility. You went in without trying to bring your agenda and your vision. And here's my cool thing. You didn't have this, I'm going to save the city complex. You know, you, you honored the chiefs, so to speak, the, those who, the fathers and mothers who'd been laboring in the city for years, decades, a lot of times you went in to serve them. Uh, you went to their event, which I think there's something about that, that I think really helps where you, you're not just trying to get people to do your thing, but you go to their thing. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes that can really, you know, open up doors and, and sort of break down walls and people begin to come together. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I was going to say like two ways we did that. First, we did that. I did. I, I would show up at any event that I knew about, like a, a prayer meeting, a pastor's meeting. Uh, I would just show up at pastor's churches on Sunday morning and just worship mm. with them and just let them know I'm praying for them. I would. Awesome message pastors. Hey, I'm praying for you. And I literally like people probably like, where's like, where's Waldo? Where's Kurt? He's just going to show up somewhere. Um, and I, I would, I would show up at the places that maybe aren't my, my tribe or my denomination or my culture. And I would cross yeah. those lines. So we did that. And then when we prayer walked, we showed up in a lot of neighborhoods that we, you know, most people don't go to that. Once a pastor, once I told him I prayed in his neighborhood and what street I was on, he's like, wow, we don't, we don't even like to go there, you know, at that certain time because it's known for certain things. Wow. So we did, we tried to go and just network and see what's going on. Not so when it was over, they could all do our thing, but really so we could have a pulse on what's going on. But what we found is, I mean, not many pastors have people showing up that care about their ministry, want to pray for them, aren't asking for money, aren't asking for more of their time. And as we did that, it, it showed the heart that like, this is kingdom, this is for Jesus but we want your local church to be a part of it. So man, we, I, I did, I still do that to this day, but I, I did that for years, just nonstop. Every, every, anywhere I could go, I was going to be there. Yeah. Give us a sense of the timeline. So you're talking about how you're doing these prayer meetings, nobody's showing up two or three people, Facebook live. So you've got that. And then all the way to last weekend where you've got 70 churches that are prayer walking together. They're doing services together. They're getting, you know, there's a, there's a citywide movement of prayer that's in unity that's happening. So what's, what's kind of the timeline you're saying for years, what did that look like? Yeah. So 2017 is when we started the weekly in September, we started that weekly Wednesday for an hour prayer meeting. And that went on for a year, all the way until 2018 of September. Then I went overseas and that's when the Lord spoke to me that fall, like, Hey, you want the land go scouted out. So yeah. 2019, uh, January through like October is when it took us about 10 months to pray through all 79 neighborhoods. And yeah. then I was, I was back overseas and the Lord was like, what would it look like if what you just did, you covered all those 79 neighborhoods with the church of St. Louis on one day. So March 14th of 2020, one day before COVID shut our whole life down here in St. Louis. Wow. We fit, we, we called it pray for the lewd day and we filled all 79 neighborhoods with the church of St. Louis with probably over seven, 800 people out across those 79 neighborhoods. And then we came together and worshiped on a football field, which sits on Del Mar, which Del Mar is a dividing street in our city historically, where African-Americans had to live on one side. They couldn't live on 
the other and median income. It's like, it's, it's the disparity is horrible. And it's just, it's a blight on our history and our city. And we worshiped on the football field, which is on that dividing line as the church of St. Louis the day before COVID shut us down. Um, And so we, we had that day last year. And then this year we went from a day to pray for the Lou week. Right. Right. So it's been about four years kind of plowing and intentionally each step of the, of the way. Uh, But a lot of prayer actually before that as well. Yeah. So years, years of, of, of building those relationships, learning to honor the, honor the chiefs, go into other people's events. Any other thoughts on, you know, how to facilitate unity and see the body of Christ come together? Any, anything else practically for those that have it in their heart to see greater unity in their city? I mean, Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. We've, we've touched on it in so many ways, but I think it's going to serve. It's going the humble. You know, there's that story where, where they're at the wedding banquet and Jesus is like, hey, I don't like what's going on here. There's too many people taking the seat at the head of the table. And that's a problem if someone else more you know, distinguished than you comes because you're going to have to walk in front of everyone and take the lower seat. He's like, I want you to take that lower seat and then you get, you'll get called up uh, when it's time. And yeah. It, it's, you know, Jesus, he, he took the, the low road. He, he took the humble approach. He, he emptied himself. Right. And there is just something like he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And there is something when you, yeah. when you go in and you honor and you lift up, because I think it breaks off that competitive spirit yeah. that churches and pastors feel, because if you come in that you're the thing and, and everyone's going to look to you, like, then there's this competition automatically. But if you come in, it's like, we want to serve you. We want to honor you there'll be a point where you get, you won't even know how, but you get kind of lifted up and you're in the middle of just these crazy places and, and favor. And you're like, wow, I, I used to pray with three people and now <laughs> there's 300 people, all denominations. Uh, and I don't, you can't, there's no A plus B equals C, right? It's just right. all in the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden you just, where am I? And, yeah. you, and you just pray the same way you did when it was nobody. Yeah. Yeah. You just continue to sow. And trust that you're going to reap at some point, but you don't know exactly when or how or where, but you sow to the Lord and, 
eventually you'll reap where, where you've sown and you've done an awesome job with that, Kurt. So you, you guys did pray for the Lou 2020 right before COVID. And this, this year you did a week, just maybe again, give us, give us a high, give us some of the highlights of what, uh, of what happened last week um, at the pray for the Lou week. What are, what are some of the things that God was doing there in St. Louis? Well, we had kind of three different components to the week. So we had the regional prayer rally and then we had the prayer walking and then we had a virtual celebration. Then we ended it with preaching. But those prayer rallies, we designed just sort of a one hour prayer rally or a one hour prayer meeting or whatever language you want to use. And what we did is we went to churches we already have a relationship with that are networked with other churches. And we said, would you be willing to host this event in your area for your area? And so we've targeted eight different areas of St. Louis. And we said to the point person, here's a format you can use, make it your own, take what you want. Uh, but Psalm 24 is kind of our theme this week. Yeah, And I was amazed at how these, every leader that took that really caught the heart of it. So they called other pastors, worship teams called other worship leaders. Wow! And the unity each and every night in each and every region, even when pastors met for the first time, sometimes that night, and they all had about four minutes to read their scripture and pray to see them honor that, to see them sometimes not even mention their title or their church, but just to intercede to hear their hearts before mm -hmm. the Lord of what they're crying out for in their area, just that authority they're carrying for their region. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And I told them early on, I said, Hey guys, I'll do whatever you want me to do. If you want me to pray, I'd be happy to, if you want me to give an exhortation, I'd be happy to, but if you don't, if you don't need me, I'm just going to be there and cry a lot. I'm just going to be there and <laughs> weep a lot about what you're doing. And so many yeah. of them allowed me to do something. And so that was humbling to be able to speak into each and every region but to be with these pastors, you know, that, that's been my heart the whole time, even in those early days with nobody there with us. I want to see the pastors praying because I want to see the churches praying. And so to see, I don't know, 30, 40 different pastors throughout the week pray their heart and read scripture. I mean, we were in Psalm 24 every night and it just got better. Uh, wow. And just to see different expressions of worship through the different styles of churches and traditions and denominations. Oh, yeah. It, it was just it, it wasn't a ministry. It wasn't a week-long event. Like they caught the heart of what Jesus was saying. And then the unified efforts. I mean, one thing uh, for our closing celebration, I know I'm jumping around, but we asked churches and pastors, would you pre-record some worship for us? And would you pre-record some prayers that we could use in our live celebration? And we had a church pre-record worship and they just had this line in there, this kind of prophetic line in their worship. God isn't finished with St. Louis yet. And it was super powerful. And they gave that to us. And I had that and more stuff was coming in. And I got a, a, a few weeks later, I got a video from a pastor of a different church and it, a, a line in there. He started praying. He's like, and God, I know you're not finished with St. Louis yet. And these, they, they don't know each other. <laughs> they recorded different times. I mean, I'm literally, yeah. I'm, I'm watching my, my laptop. I'm just crying in my office because right. like God is speaking through his people, what he's saying over our city through a worship team and a pastor that, I don't think I've ever met. And, yeah. and so God was just moving all the pieces and those rallies, like to see churches take ownership. I mean, it, one day uh, specifically, I, I was in one of the larger churches in our region that has a stage like forever. And it's not about that. But then that evening I was in like a community center on a tile floor, but the passion in the heart in both groups and both pastors and both worship teams like 
obviously different styles and different technology, but it was like, this is what it's about seeing both of these groups lift up their hearts and worship and their expression. And it didn't matter if we had the big stage or we didn't have it. Like Jesus was being lifted up and it was some of those moments. You just can't make them happen Um, over the years. I've never been in them like that. And so just to see God open those doors and move and just a powerful time. That's amazing. I love that. That's a cool story. The Holy Spirit stirring the same thing in churches across the city. They don't even know it, but they're hopefully discovering it <laughs> and realizing that the, the, that the Lord's leading them in the same way. I'm curious why Psalm 24. Well, we are the St. Louis is the gateway city. We're the gateway to the West. And if any, if you know anything about St. Louis, most people know we have the arch, which is we yeah. think of it kind of as the gate. And there's been so many prophetic words that. Uh, Jesus coming through the gate, Holy Spirit coming through the gate uh, to our city, to our region. And Psalm 24 is lift up your head, O ye gates, that the King of glory may come in. And so it was kind of this just, we're going to partner with the words. We're going to partner with the prayers that all we want in St. Louis is the King of glory to enter in and that we're going to open up the gates. We're going to, we're going to have clean hands. He's going to do something so we can have clean hands and a pure heart and the city can ascend the hill of the Lord uh, together. And that our Lord is strong and mighty, no matter what's been said over our city, no matter the history, that we need King Jesus to enter in. And if we lift him up, we know men will be drawn to him, all men. And so it was just that unifying thing. And I just, I I felt it for years and there was a chance to kind of put that call out. But it was obviously the right call once I saw these pastors pray it. I mean, every night it was read. I'm telling you, it just had such a, such a momentum on it, uh, such a heartfelt thing that you know, if I could go back and edit some of the prayers together, which I'm kind of working on that a little bit, you just hear yeah. the same thing here, there, and everywhere. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that God is speaking. So th- that was why Psalm 24. And then we wanted to have that as a way to preach that in our Sunday services. So we had some different people preach that as well, just to unify on the word and say, King of glory, this is your city. Come on in. Come in. Yeah, I love it. I was just curious about that. That's amazing, Kurt. Any other uh, testimonies from last year or this year that you that you might would want to share with us? Anything else you can think of? Yeah, there's there's a few. One that just really kind of means a lot to me is uh, there was a local church that didn't participate last year, but they did this year. And as we were training these local prayer coordinators to get them ready to then serve on that day and figure out where they wanted to pray in their communities, uh, one of the ladies came to me and she said, "Kurt, this is actually I've just been." kind of handed the prayer ministry at our church. It hasn't really existed that much before. It's going to be a brand new season. And she said, this is going to be the launch of our prayer ministry. And she and then later I heard that throughout the process, because of Pray for the Lou, uh, it was it was talked about from the pulpit. It was put on their social media. It was in their newsletters. So she felt this strength and support that maybe she hadn't felt before or wouldn't have felt before to to launch out with this prayer ministry. And of course we were running alongside of her and she was a part of something bigger and we were giving her some tools and some encouragement and some resources. And she came out and prayer walked with us on a Saturday morning, you know, just to get some more experience, you know, so that, that picture that they took that I, from that day, I look at that and it, it just makes me want to cry because it wasn't just for that day, but they're going to continue to go. They're going to continue to pray. We've had other churches that this is the beginning. Uh, That pastor that I mentioned earlier that said, our church is going to pray or we're just not going to be a church. Now they, they have two campuses and now they have a local prayer coordinator for each campus. So that prayer will continue. And they didn't mm-hmm. want to just be a moment. So to see churches, cause that's, 
you know, we've, we've done the grassroots thing and it's great, but we want to see prayer in the life of the church, you know, house of prayer for all nations. That's where it's supposed to be. And yeah. if that happens, it's going to live, it's going to breathe. I like to think of it as the fireplace where the fire is stoked and contained. And yeah. so th- those were powerful moments. And then I, I kind of talked about it a little bit. One other thing is to, to see 10 pastors in a row, pray Psalm 24, read Psalm 24, not even mention their name or their church's name, but take their time to pray to God. And their prayers were so powerful. And again, it was in one of the more rural areas uh, outside the city, but just to hear their uh, their heartfelt passion for, for the Lord, but for the people in their region. I mean, I, I was undone. I was tired yeah. by that time. We were at number seven with one more to go. And yeah. so, like, you know, sometimes you're like, well, how's this going to go tonight? But man, yeah. uh, it, it was so powerful to see that that happen and just be in the room. Yeah, that's so good. I love that it's not just an, a one-time event, but that you're you're catalyzing ongoing prayer in the city and you're empowering the local churches to begin to engage in prayer in a greater, greater way. Cause you're right. Jesus said, my house is going to be a house of prayer. That's his house. That's his, you know, his church. There's not a house of prayer. And then the church, <laughs> you know, even though that there's sort of been a parachurch movement of prayer, I, I do believe God's desires is that his people would be a praying people for the nations, like you said, that prayer and missions would flow together. And, uh, and I, I believe the maturity of what, what's been called the prayer movement or that even the house of prayer movement is that it is, is beginning to affect the culture of the body of Christ at large. And I'm excited by that and encouraged by that. And I'm seeing that on, on multiple fronts, even like what you guys are experiencing in St. Louis. And I love that you're engaging the local pastors and local churches. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. So here's a question. There's no way that all of this has been super easy. <laughs> what are some of the struggles you've had? And I ask that because, you know, sometimes for others who are pursuing prayer and trying to bring people together, you know, sometimes it can be encouraging that they're not alone in some of the challenges and the struggles, but yeah. Is there anything that's been like a, a big struggle that you've kind of run into that God's had to bring you through, or maybe that you're still working through? Actually, all of it's been a struggle to some degree. <laughs> Initially, when I wanted, when I had this idea, because I've been doing missions and ministry and pastoring churches and all this stuff, but this was kind of, you know, being birthed on the side. I didn't want to birth something new because I knew how much work it would take, to be honest with you. Right. Uh, but I had a really good friend. He said, Hey, you need to do this. The anointing's on this. Like you got, you got to go, you got to go all in on this. And so I, I stood on that word to go after it, but then I would also go to that friend when it was difficult uh, because he's done other prayer efforts and stuff. So I'm like, man, it's, it's hard. Like in a COVID era when God says, okay, you want to go from a day to a week. And we, you know, we got 70 churches, but we were, our, our target was 300. We wanted to see 300. So yeah. In a sense, like we didn't hit the target, but we're coming out of COVID and we're trying to figure it out. And honestly, the biggest challenge always is, is any of this, what we're doing matters? Yeah. Is it going to produce any fruit? Is it worth it? Our church is even going to get on board. I mean, yeah. So you're talking about just your internal dialogue, just yeah. your own wrestle, probably the enemy speaking all these lies and discouragement as well. Yeah, definitely. Because you're at the end of the day, you're calling forth the citywide thing. You're just a, a guy that, you know, lives in a house that doesn't have a, a big ministry. 
and you somehow, you know, and you're not meeting people because people aren't meeting. Uh, you're not before right. pastors. You're not preaching at churches. You don't have any of the normal avenues you would have to like get the word out and rally the people. And you're just sitting in your office thinking with your whiteboard full of all the stuff you think God wants you to do. And you're like, this is impossible, God, like 70 churches. Are you, are you kidding me? And then as you get going, people have all these questions. And even though it's written on websites and emails and social, they don't get it. And you're like, I don't know. It's like, it's not that complicated. We're going to pray. But you just have these moments like, okay, well, is this really worth it? And you, you are, yeah. you're just wrestling. The enemy's like, it's not going to matter. Uh, it's, it's not going to work. You're not going to unite the churches. You're going to do something dumb and you're going to make churches mad at each other. If you highlight these people praying, you're going to, other people over here are going to be mad that they're not the ones highlighted. And I mean, it is a constant wrestle on top of yeah. it's prayer. So prayer isn't the cool thing to get behind right? Or the, or the great thing to support, you know? So you're just on all these levels. You're, it feels discouraging quite a bit of the time. <laughs> yeah. To give everyone a lot of hope out there. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So what helped you, what helped you not give up, man? I, I got some good friends and I go to them and I say, Hey, I'm, um, I'm discouraged. How's yeah. it going to work? And they're like, no, the Lord's on this. This is what the Lord's doing. Remember what the Lord did last time. Remember what he's doing now. And I also have some good friends that say, Hey, the win is obedience. Mm -hmm. So what did the Lord ask you to do? Are you doing that? That's all you got to worry about. And then I'm like, okay, that's all I got to worry about because there is a pressure of like, Oh, last year it was this. Mm -hmm. So this year we're going bigger. So then we got to get bigger. Then we, you know, it just has to become this thing that takes on a life of its own. But I really try to just get with the Lord and say, okay, what are you speaking? Jesus, I just want to do that. If people follow, that's up to them. If they don't, I'm going to do my part. And they're going to, they're going to know what's happening, but it's on them if, if they miss out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Jesus says, I only do what I see the father doing, you know, just relieves that pressure of having to, you know, perform for people or, or, you know, impress anybody, that kind of thing. Well, I know you just came off this year, but do you have any, any sense of what God's speaking or stirring in you for the future for pray for the Luke? It, it's hard to know. I think we really struck a chord. God really used those regional prayer rallies. So I can see that again next year, maybe even more, maybe even a longer time frame. I hate to even speak it out of my mouth, uh, <laughs> what, what, what God might want to do, but I, I can see that. And I, I really hope by next year, we, our closing rally, which we did virtual this year, we can have a large in-person yeah. as the Church of St. Louis rally. So I think God's laying the groundwork for that, the way we had churches from all over the region participate. Uh, but I'm sure there's a, a lot of surprises yeah. along the way and kind of excited to see what God's going to do. But at the same time, I'm trying to celebrate what he just did yeah. and, and not put pressure on it to, because I really try to be like, God, I just want to do what you're, you're doing. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to know what that's going to be, but whatever it is, it's going to be crazy because this journey has been a wild ride. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you guys have a website people can check out to track with you guys? Yeah, they can go to prayforthelou.org and Lou is L-O-U. L-O-U. So prayforthelou.org. Yeah, wonderful. We'll, we'll definitely put that in the show notes so that people can uh, track with you guys and, and see what's what's stirring as they get closer. Maybe even come visit St. Louis or some people are close by. They can join with you guys. I know you have partnered some with Jonathan Tremaine Thomas and Civil Righteousness uh, who's also friends of the podcast. We've got a, we've done a couple episodes with him. We can link to 
link to those as well because he's based there with you guys in St. Louis. So, man, this has been awesome, Kerr. Any uh, any closing thoughts? I would just say to people that if God's stirring your heart by this, or this might be a tool that God wants to for you to step out and use, don't overthink it and just start going to pray where he wants you to pray and then figure out the rest later. It doesn't have to become a big ministry. It doesn't have to become a citywide thing. Yeah. Uh, it could be used maybe even if you're working in a neighborhood and you want to see some unity among churches in a neighborhood, this might be a way that you could step out and uh, pray with different leaders from different churches for your community. So there's a lot of different things. It doesn't, you know, it's, I always say we might've had a thousand people praying this year, but it started with three people praying for a year and no one knowing our names and cold days and rainy days and days we didn't want to go. And so if, if God's speaking some things, just, just take the first steps and trust him with the rest. Yeah. Amen. That's a good word. Hey, will you say a quick prayer for everybody that's tuning in, especially for, you know, those that may want to see people come together in unity and prayer in their city? Sure. Jesus, we just thank you today that even your heart in John 17 is that uh, the church would be one. God, the, the, the world would look at us and know we're one and that we love one another, God. So I ask even for those that are listening, God, you would you would just, whatever vision you're speaking on for unity among churches, God, the, I just pray that you just uh, break off any disappointment from the past of things that didn't work or things that didn't last, God, and you would breathe life. And by your presence, you would move people to believe again, uh, that you can bring people together to lift up the name of Jesus across geographical and denominational lines. God, it's possible even today, even in this climate, even in what we're in, God, you you are uniting people. You are doing it by your spirit and for your glory, God. So I, I pray people will run with that passion and follow you. Uh, God, serve other ministries, honor one another, God, and we'll, we'll look to build the kingdom and the kingdom alone for the glory of Jesus uh, in the days to come. And we'll see you move with a great harvest, Jesus. I thank you. And I just bless everyone listening right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kurt. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Again, be sure to hit subscribe wherever you're tuning in. And if you enjoyed this episode, please give it a share on social media. Send it to some of your friends, your family, those who are in your community. If you're on Apple, if you could leave us a review and a rating, that would really help us give some credibility and get the podcast out in front of more people. If you're on YouTube, give us that little thumbs up button leave us a comment. Anything you can do to help us would be great. We really appreciate it. Don't forget God's presence changes everything. Mm -hmm.